Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world, with the most candid interviews. Like anything else, if you can analyze what caused your error correctly, then you're, you're home free. But if you just kind of, oh, well, I three-putted, well... Why did you three-putt? There's a big difference between being 50 foot in the hole because you hit a terrible iron or three-putting from 15 foot, which would really bother me because then it was a speed issue because you didn't roll it close enough to the hole. Taking you beyond the ropes. I'm not sure what was going on. Angel, you all right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were going to expose me, but I was at Bevmo. Uh, I got a Patron margarita mixer, and I got some kombucha. Now, I take it that's not all just for tonight. <laughs> Unforgettable stories. Actually, you know, Hogan didn't cut the ball. So when he got rid of the hook and the ball went straight, in Hogan's mind, that was a cut. Times I played with him when he'd say, I kind of fanned that one, I cut that one in there. It didn't cut in my mind, it would have went dead straight. A bridge to the past. Years and years from now, Mr. Palmer, what do you want the legacy of Arnold Palmer to be? Well, uh, I suppose it's just that I have made a contribution to the game to help make it a little better. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Yeah, I drove the ball beautifully. Uh, I was, I mean, for the first um, 13 holes, I, I really, arguably the best I've been driving it this week. And uh, honestly, very disappointed with my wedge game, um, especially today, but this week. And I just, I was not hitting the ball close enough to the hole where I felt like I could have made a lot of birdies. And fortunately, I made a couple putts to make up for it there on on seven and then on nine. Um, but yeah, it's it was good enough, so that's all that matters. A few fun scuff mark situations on the back, but you turned them into birdies at 15 and 16. Back to number one in everything. You get a 700-point cushion in the FedEx Cup standings, the win rewards top ten. That's good for your wallet. That's good for another FedEx Cup run. It's good for everything right now heading into next week as well. Yeah, I'm excited. I've, my game's in a good spot. Um, you know, we'll... Enjoyed here for a little bit, you know, going to San Fran, but, uh, you know, I need to get everything ready and work on a couple things for sure to, to get ready for San Fran next week. Will Haskett of PGA Tour Radio speaking with Justin Thomas. Thomas won the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational yesterday by three shots for his third win on the PGA Tour season. This recap from PGATour.com AP. Thomas moved to number one in the world for the first time since June of 2018. He dueled defending champion Brooks Kepka down the final hole, sealing the World Golf Championship victory at the par 5 16th. Thomas, who still leads the FedEx Cup standings, took the lead for good with his second straight birdie while Kepka bogeyed that hole. Kepka pulled within a stroke with a 39-foot putt for birdie at the 17th hole, but Kepka put his tee shot into the water along the fairway of the 18th on his way to a double bogey, allowing Thomas to finish up with an easy par for what wound up being a three-stroke victory when all the accounting was done. Thomas closed with a 5-under par 66 to finish 13-under, 267. He won for the 13th time in his PGA Tour career. Get this. At 27, he became the third youngest player since 1960 to reach 13 PGA Tour wins. Trailing only Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. Think about that for a second. This was the fifth time Thomas rallied to win, and he mar- matched his biggest comeback after starting the day four strokes back for, of that point, third-round leader Brendan Todd. 
As I mentioned, Thomas has three wins this season, two since the start of this calendar year. And he's been knocking on the door in the restart as well, obviously, both with a win. And remember the playoff that he had, which you're going to hear about at the workday in just a moment. Last time Thomas was world number one, he spent four weeks atop the world rankings. He will supplant John Rahm, who became number one after winning the Memorial Tournament presented by Nationwide two weeks ago. Kepka will go to this week's event, the TPC Harding Park hosting of the PGA Championship in San Francisco, looking to defend his PGA Championship title. He finished with a 69. He tied for second with, again, wait for it, Phil Mickelson, who shot a 67 yesterday. Also, Daniel Berger with a 65 and Tom Lewis with a 66. Thomas started Sunday with Joan, uh, Jim Bones Mackay on his bag, playing in the same group with Mickelson for the first time since Mickelson split with the longtime caddy. Thomas made up the deficit with four birdies on the front nine and just missed another birdie chance on the eighth hole. His 20-footer on the ninth tied Brendan Todd at 12 under par. Todd, who's putting, had carried him through the first three rounds. Three putted for bogey from 23 feet at the par 3 eighth, leaving Thomas alone atop the leaderboard. Thomas put his second on the par 4 12th into a greenside bunker near the back edge, and from there put it out into the rough. It was the best he could do. He had no shot. It was so far up against the edge of the face, he could barely get the blade behind it. He chipped out from there, kind of an awkward stance. He was able to salvage bogey. One of those occasions when you look at him and go, geez, that was a pretty good bogey from where he was. That created a five-way five to 11 under par with Kepka, Berger, Lewis, and Todd. Kepka took the lead himself in the par 4 13th. Can you imagine this? What a brilliant finish it was. He just approached from 133 yards to 10 feet of the pin, and then he sucked the putt for his third birdie of the round to go to 12 under. After hitting his three tee shot 321 yards, into the rough, 51 yards short of the hole in the 15th. Thomas hit it to six feet for a birdie, tying Kepka 12 under with three to play. Thomas found the rough in the far right of the car path, the par 5, 16th. And from there, somehow had a shot. He hit his third from the left rough, 65 yards at three feet for a second straight birdie. Kepka. The group behind Thomas tried to answer from 42 yards from the hole. His shot landed close to the hole, only to keep rolling to the back of the green. Kepka wound up two-putting from eight feet for bogey. Can you believe that? Those The shots that, that JT got away with, they always say you need to be lucky to win as well. And yeah, he was, but he put himself in a position to be lucky. And then once he was lucky, he took advantage of that luck. And rightfully so. So we've got a lot to go through with you today. We've got a lot to go through with you as the days unfold, as you can imagine. Because this is a major championship week at the PGA Championship. Say it again, Dom. I just wanted to provide just a, a little bit more context about Justin Thomas and the company yeah. that he's keeping. Oh, it's I mean, amazing. You go and ahead. I have yeah. talked a little bit about this over the years about how maybe, maybe, I know you probably disagree a little bit with this, but maybe we're currently sitting in a generation that is unlike anything in the history of golf in terms of quality and depth of talent and future Hall of Famers and the level of golf that we see week in, week out on the PGA Tour. So no, right nothing now... nothing to disagree with there, Tom. Justin Thomas, this is, this is... Listen to the company that he's in with right now. So this yeah. is his 13th win, and obviously he has a major. You know who else has that? Craig Stadler. David Duvall, Mark Kalkovecchia. He has more wins 
Then Paul Azinger, Jason Day, Zach, Zach Johnson, Justin Leonard, Steve Stricker, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth, Sergio Garcia, Justin. He has more wins than all of these people that I'm listing right now, and he's 27 years old. Doesn't look like he's slowing down. Nick Faldo, Matt Kuchar, Brant Snedeker, all these people, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famers, Seve Basteros, Nick Faldo. He's it, this is crazy, man. Yeah, you're that, talking about PGA Tour wins. We have to know correct. I'm talking to. about PGA Tour victories, but I mean there are literally just about 74, 75 people ever that have 13 PGA Tour wins or more, and that number is even less when you add in the fact that he also has a major championship. And I don't think there's anybody that thinks that he's going to slow down. I think it, barring injury, I would, I would be shocked if he didn't win a bunch more PGA Tour events and possibly a handful, for, uh, a handful more majors. So, I mean, you know, it se- seemingly it's every week uh, we're talking about a player like John Rahm just a few weeks ago. It's like, man, this guy's ceiling is endless. Justin Thomas is no different. And it, it feels like every week we have a player like that who, and they're ping-ponging number one in the world. I mean, it's just such a, it's such a great time to be alive if you're a golf fan, Matt. Yesterday, oh, yeah, I was I having a nervous breakdown trying to watch and follow all the golf. There was so much going on. Uh, and there was so much going on. And that was one of the things I was alluding to, which we're going to get to, because just in a moment, uh, Earl Forsey and Mark McCumber are going to join us with their recap of everything that took place in the week that was at the World Golf Championship. But everything in the week that was in the world of golf is deep. The LPGA back into it again. A huge star wins on that tour. The Barracuda Championship, a player that we've said many times in this forum and many others have said, keep an eye on this kid. He's doing great things. Well, he did great things and broke through yesterday. The march has continued through the UK on the European Tour. And we'll hear from that winner as as well in a debut on the champs tour from a major champion one of the names that you just heard mentioned there as being amongst those with the 75 that's a company 74 75 that justin thomas had learned wins in the debut all of that benhogangolf.com is everything and all of that that you would want for your golf bag we're talking about the latest technology micro manufactured one set at a time to your individual specs a direct relationship between you and them no middleman no retailer that's why you're going to save a 40% 50% retail markup and still get this gorgeous artwork that's packed with technology and carries the name ben hogan what more could you ask for well maybe trade in the clubs that you have check Maybe finance the clubs you're going to buy. Check, check. No problem. You can do it all. You can even test out the clubs that you're interested in. They will send you clubs to try and test until you are comfortable with exactly with what you want. BenHoganGolf.com for more. With more on what took place at the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational, here's Earl Forsey and Mark McCumber from PGA Tour Radio. Well, Matt, thanks. It was an entertaining Sunday at TPC Southwind final round of the World Golf Championships FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Mark McCumber alongside the entire way. What a wild day. What a wild back nine with Justin Thomas making a couple of big birdies and a couple of big pars to win for a third time this season, Mark. It was wild. It was exciting. That's why we cover golf. That's why we play it for the excitement of it. And we had a good one today. A lot of different ebbs and flows. Phil Mickelson had a solid day to finish in a tie for second. Uh, what a thing to do at 50 years old. Didn't make a bogey. But the action boiled down to Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka. And what happened was Brooks Kepka flinched with the bogey on 16, which really put him behind. He made a dramatic birdie on 17, kind of amazing, but then deflated with the tee shot into the penalty area in 18. 
we have a great champion in Justin Thomas. Yeah, and a three-time winner this season. You mentioned Kepka. It was a really good week for Brooks, even though he didn't win. Do you think Brooks is back now, Mark? Well, I think he's certainly on his way back. Uh, you know, only he knows if the knee is still bothering him. I didn't see it in the swing. He made an adjustment, worked with a new putting teacher uh, before the week started, and he was really happy with how he putted. And even though he had a bad day putting on Friday, they got together Friday night, and he seemed to putt much better on the weekend. So I think he's right back on track. And quickly, Mark, what do you think? First and only major of the summer coming up. What do you think Harding Park, and what do you expect of the PGA Championship? Great golf course right across from the Olympic Club. I think the guys are going to love it. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks, Matt, for the season finale in the PGA Tour for the regular season, the Wyndham Championship in two weeks. Absolutely love it, gents. Thank you so much. PGA Tour Radio, which can be heard on the PGA Tour app and PGATour.com for free week in and week out. And those, incidentally, work all over the world as well. Or if you're in North America and you subscribe to the paid satellite service Sirius XM, you can hear it there as well. You will hear Justin Thomas's full press conference in today's show. I know we normally wait until, say, Tuesday to play you the the pressers, but because this is the PGA Championship and we've got so much in store for you on this special week, the first it, it, and it is also the only major for this season because, remember, the PGA Tour season wraps up after the Tour Championship at the end of August. But it is the first major of 2020. There will be a couple of more before we finish up the calendar year, uh, which is part of what makes the, that schedule so fascinating in a year that has been so bizarre that is 2020. So it's coming up. You're going to hear Justin Thomas as well. In just a few moments, though, you're going to hear from Brooks Kepka. Curious how satisfied he is about the week that was. I suspect, which is part of what I love about Brooks Kepka, that he will maintain the same competitor, almost gladiatorial bravado, where when you ask him how satisfied he was, he's going to shrug his shoulders and go, that's what I'm here for. This is what I'm supposed to do. We'll know in just a moment, and so too will you. Plus, you're going to hear from everybody else that etched victory in the week that was, as this was the first week back where everybody was back. The band was back together again. Frenchlick.com. Log on there today and see the beautiful resort. So good. Yes, we're going, and we're taking a bunch of you with us, and everyone that's playing golf is getting a full set of Ben Hogan forged irons just for making the effort. Frenchlick has so much to offer, including that beautiful Pete Dye golf course and the Donald Ross golf course, both of which have hosted major championships. Check it out when you get an opportunity. And Bridgestone wants you to check out what golf ball is right for you. BridgestoneGolf.com is the website. Check out their new Tour B series. Whatever type of swing you have, they have a golf ball that will work optimally for you. It's because they had that reactive urethane cover, which means you don't have to choose between distance or control around the greens. You can't have both in one. Get the explanation at BridgestoneGolf.com. The explanation from those who came close and from those who won when we come back on the Fairways of Life show. It's likely that the world's greatest Lynx golf courses will be the reason you will want to plan a trip to Ireland. And with over 400 courses to choose from, you're sure to find whatever you seek. But Ireland is about even more than great golf. In this ancient land, the past works hand in hand with the present. From cultural sites to castle ruins. Stay in a country B&B or a luxury hotel and spa. Enjoy inspiring local culinary choices, a pint and music at a cosy pub. But most of all, enjoy the warmth and hospitality of the Irish people who will make you feel that you haven't travelled from home but have returned to it. Visit Ireland.com to get started. 
Come to where history meets luxury at the family-friendly French Lick Springs Hotel, where there's something for everyone, from kids' fest to shopping, bowling, golf, and other outdoor activities. Or at the West Baden Springs Hotel, you can wrap yourself in old-world elegance, visit our luxurious spa, indulge in an afternoon tea, a historic tour, and multiple sophisticated dining options. Then... Finish your day with a cozy carriage ride before turning in for sweet dreams. Only this isn't a dream. Visit FrenchLick.com to plan your vacation today. At FootJoy, they know the swing starts from the ground up, so you can take on those uphill, downhill, and sidehill lies. That's why FJ provides footwear that you need for superior traction and stability on every shot. Whether it's the all-new Pro SL, the hottest shoe on tour, or the max performance of the all-new Tour X, the all-around comfort and performance of FJ Fury, FJ offers a shoe for every player because finding the right shoe for your game matters. Shop now at FootJoy.com. Tour Edge continues their meteoric rise in 2020. Over 90 different tour pros have put Tour Edge into their bag, including staffers Scott McCarron, Tom Lehman, Tim Petrovic, and Duffy Waldorf. Tour Edge makes clubs for every player type, and they set themselves apart with their unprecedented 48-hour delivery on custom-fit orders and by offering a lifetime warranty and by building their clubs in the good old U.S. of A. Visit TourEdge.com to learn more about their new clubs for 2020. Tour Edge, pound for pound, nothing comes close. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com and take in all the splendor that is a golf experience unlike any other. TheGolfTravelGroup.com is a luxury golf tour operator that specializes in custom travel itineraries to Scotland, Ireland, England, Wales, Iceland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and more. Guaranteed advanced tea times, incredible accommodations, airport meet and greet services, private guided tours and private drivers, all in luxury vehicles, and they have a staff that's been doing it forever. TheGolfTravelGroup.com Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show, PGA Championship Week. Pleasure to have your company. Tomorrow we've got a really cool show planned for you. We've had the honor, the pleasure of speaking with so many champions that tomorrow we're going to speak to these champions and hear them recount their victories in the PGA Championship, how they did it, these unique stories that we've pulled from interviews that we've done with them that are going to blow you away. You're going to, I'm, I can't wait. That's of all the stuff that we have to cover this week, which includes commenting on live play. I'm probably the most excited about tomorrow's show. That's how, how very cool it is. Uh, how did you guys feel about seeing Brooks back in the mix again? Was that cool for you? He ended up finishing three shots behind. I remember he still had a double bogey on 18 at that. So it was exciting right down to the finish. So that, Double bogey, you know, you hate to talk about money, but man, that must have cost him a lot because he ended up finishing in a four-way tie with Daniel Berger, Tom Lewis, and Phil Mickelson. But Brooks Kepka, I would think, 
has to be on some level really satisfied with what happened. Let's find out what he's telling the world. He spoke with Chantel McKay. This is courtesy of the PGA Tour and Golf Channel. Yeah, I feel good. I feel like my game's right there. Um, you know, this is where we wanted to be, peaking for the PGA. And I feel like uh, my game's right there. Everything's solid. Um, I hit a lot of good putts today. Just didn't go in. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pleased with it. Last few holes must have been a roller coaster. How much were you looking at the leaderboard or aware of what was going on? I knew what was going on the whole time. I, to be honest with you, I thought I hit a good chip on um, on 16. Uh, I don't know what it did, but uh, then another minute I thought it was in for another second. So um, to go with the green, make bogey there was disappointing. Obviously, drain a big one on 17, and then you know, you're down one. You got to take an aggressive line on 18. So. That is what it is. So close to defending this week, but another opportunity next week. What are you looking forward to? Uh, just the opportunity to play again. I feel like I'm playing good, so I'm excited to tee it up. And you know, everything's everything's moving in the right direction. So I'm not, uh, you know, once you know you lose, it doesn't matter if you lose by one or ten. It doesn't matter. So, um, you know, pleased with it. Uh, moving in the right direction and looking forward to next week. I think I know the answer to this, but knowing where you were in the standings for FedEx Cup before this week and knowing you have some security, how relieving is that? What I moved to, probably up 20 spots. It doesn't matter. Um, they just need to win. That's it. That's that's the goal. Uh, I feel like I'm getting close and, you know, got, I don't know how many events left, but uh, just pop off a W in one of those. All right, Brooks Kepka. Uh, you know, he he came back to the kind of competitor bravado at the end. He was like, ah, "I moved up twenty segment FedEx Cup points. I just got to win. That's what it comes down to." I love it. I love. I just I like the persona. It, it's a persona that generally is hard to like, but in him, I like it. And it's and it stands in such I think stark contrast to some of the other dominating storylines. Like since the restart, Bryson DeChambeau has been one of the dominating storylines, but Bryson has this air about him. That it's 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 salted with petulance as well as this sense of entitlement, which, as as you guys know, we've discussed it on here. When he talks about, he he oftentimes goes back to this refrain where he says, you know, we're here to entertain, as though this quid pro quo for for any other behavior that accompanies that, such as as he put it, protecting one's brand so the cameras don't stay on him when he's. You know, he has a flare-up of petulance or what have you. Uh, you know, a sense of entitlement in terms of what rulings that he's got caught soliciting from. Uh, now his, his, his caddy has started to block cameras, uh, you know, when 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 Bryson is speaking or, or what have you. And it's it just – it seems like a – I don't know. It's a, every, everyone is a team nowadays, right? So it kind of seems like a team effort in terms of this almost us against them – but I do think he, he cares about what his brand is. Brooks, I don't think even puts a, a second thought into how my so-called brand is being perceived. Brooks is who he is. He's, he's that's got this like old school throwback, like I told you earlier in the program, this almost gladiatorial type of repose. And that's how he greets the world. Here it is. Like it, don't like it. Take it or leave it. I am who I am, and this is how I do it. And when he wasn't playing well, that wasn't playing at all. I'm not saying he wasn't playing well. He just wasn't playing. It wasn't connecting because he wasn't playing well enough for people to have him in the conversation. Well, he broke through again. Working a little bit with Pete Cowan, working with Phil Kenyon, and the combination of the two had a big impact. And when you think about it, if you followed the tournament closely this week, 
the opportunities where Brooks had stuff slip away that normally wouldn't happen when he's in full flight. I'm talking about, say, a little a little putt here, bah, 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 things like that. And the fact that he double bogeyed that last hole. And after all that, still only finished three shots behind. Not to take anything away from what Justin Thomas did because that was fun and brilliant too. The PGA Tour was back at it again. And who do they have win? One of the big stars of the LPGA. That's who I meant. LPGA was back at it and drive on championship. So finishing at seven under par after rounds 66, 73, and 70. And Inverness looked awesome. Daniel Kang spoke with Jerry Foltz. This is courtesy of the LPGA and Golf Channel. Yeah, I did. I worked really hard for the last seven months, and um, we did a lot of great work. And Butch, I'm glad Butch had seven months off and had got to spend all, all this time with me. So I'm really excited right now. <laughs> How much of a grind is this golf course, and why do you think you excel on the tough courses? Uh, I think that I do really uh, well. Hold on a sec. I'm just so I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think just keeping patience and trusting all aspects of your golf game really brings it out of this golf course. Um, I knew that I knew where I was standing three holes left. I checked the phone and I wanted to know where I was standing and just the final hole stretch. But yeah, I, you can't just, you got to respect the golf course. I think that's how I tried to do. And even little putts, I didn't take it for granted and kept focus and everything. Another week. Another tournament in the UK as the European Tour is starting their march with six consecutive weeks on it's smart right there and in the United Kingdom. This one was in Birmingham and it was won an 18 under par after a final round of 68 and it was another heavyweight bout right until the finish. Here's Sam Horsefield's interview after his victory. How do you feel, Sam? proud of myself um you know it's been a long couple of years since when i turned pro and um you know i feel like my game has been i've been playing well for a while and you know to see to see the results that i wanted and you know i've been saying for a while now that it's i'm gonna win pretty soon and then you know to do it it wasn't easy you know obviously the back nine yesterday was a bit uncalled for um but you know i'm really proud of myself to go out there today shoot four under and you know to birdie 17, I, I knew what Tom was at, and uh, you know, I hit one of the best shots I've ever hit in my life, and made birdie there, and then great two putt on 18. So it's yeah, victory for Sam Horsfield on the European Tour. It was a debut for Jim Furyk, and what a battle it was as well. The PGA Tour champions, of course, is very well received by Tour Edge. TourEdge.com. You can see the product that they're loving. Their Exotics product, including the Exotics Pro line. If you love forged blades, forged perimeter-weighted irons, if you love the latest technology in drivers, hybrids, wedges, I could go on. You can go on to touredge.com and see it all for yourself. Pound for pound, the best value in the game. And it all carries a lifetime warranty. Underscore that at touredge.com. So Jim Furyk, after he won, spoke with Billy Ray Brown. This is courtesy of the Champions Tour and Golf Channel and described how it feels. It feels good. It feels good. Scott McCarron told me a few weeks ago we played at Colonial and he said, you know, Come on out. It's fun. He said, I'm going to tell you what, you know, you're going to get some chances to win. You get just as nervous as you are on a PGA Tour. It's a lot of fun. And um, I put a lot of pressure on myself this week uh, to do well, to succeed. 
got off to kind of a shaky start on uh, Friday. I uh, was able to kind of chip and putt and kind of keep myself in it. But uh, kind of settled in a little bit yesterday and played well. So it's it's big. I haven't won a golf tournament in five years, so it feels good. Well, you talk about putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Was this the outcome? Was this the goal for you to win in that opening week? Well, I, I think 81 guys came here trying to win a golf right. tournament. But, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself. I didn't know 19 people had won in their first time. Yeah. It didn't sound so ordinary when you said that way. But uh, it feels good. Um, you know, I, I really uh, I missed a lot of good friends out here. I respect the talent out here and you look at how many hall of famers and how many good players so it's uh it's an honor to come out and win the first one absolutely awesome congratulations to jim furick ireland.com log on there today dream allow yourself to dream we will get on the other side of all of this business and when we do go to the place you've always wanted to there's a bucket list in your heart why not go there if if not now i can't think of when we've learned in our span and lifetimes that nothing is guaranteed So don't put off and put off, put off. Start planning today. Go to Ireland.com and see the best Lynx golf courses and in the entire world. When we come back from this break, you are going to hear from Justin Thomas in the entirety of his press conference because what he did was so impressive. In that final round, six birdies, one bogey. He hit nine of 14 fairways. 13 of 18 greens. He did it with the putter. He only had 25 putts. This is his 13th career PGA Tour victory. He now becomes history right before our eyes, the third youngest player in the last 60 years to reach 13 wins. He did it at 27 years, three months. Only Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus in that order were younger to have achieved the mark. That's his third win on the PGA Tour this season. That's his second career win in this event. He also won it back in 2018. He's now, once again, the number one ranked golfer in the world. He was four shots back when he started. That's ties for his largest final day deficit to overcome. He won a tour event at 2016, the CIMB Classic, doing the same. He was four shots back for the largest final day deficit overcome to win a tour event this season. Mark Leishman at the Farmers Insurance and Tyler Duncan at the RSM Classic also did the same thing. He was first this week in strokes gain T to green. Second this week in strokes gain approach to the green. Driving distance the last three rounds. He was second. In round or second in in the the first and second round in the third round and in the final round, and in the final round it was three twenty point eight. What a performance! What did he think of that performance? What did it all mean? What impact does it have on him? What does it mean? I think a lot, but what did he think it means heading into this week, the PGA Championship? You will hear it all when we come back on the Fairways of Life show on this Monday. Hope you guys are having a great one. Wearing the right golf shoe matters. That's why FootJoy offers more styles of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. So you can get matched with the right golf shoe for your game on FootJoy.com with the FJ Shoe Finder. By answering a few short questions, you can find the shoe that fits your playing style and preference. Whether you walk or ride, prefer cleated or spikeless, ultra-stable or flexible. If you need a narrow or wide or extra wide, FootJoy offers the most styles for the most players and can match you with the golf shoe that's right for you. Does your golf shoe match your game? 
Find out with the FJ Shoe Finder. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. I'm Tiger Woods, and I chose Bridgestone. I wanted to be with a company that I knew, and then on top of that, that made superior product. So I did. I came back, and I started playing with the Bridgestone Tour BXS, and it's allowed me to maintain the spin and the feel I like around the greens, especially my short irons, but also to have that penetrating flight through the wind. The aerodynamics have been phenomenal. I know the quality that Bridgestone has, R&D that's available to them, and what they were able to create that helped me win golf tournaments. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana on Golf Week's Best You Can Play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's Best You Can Play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's your bucket list destination? Where have you always wanted to go? What's the number one thing that holds people back from doing that? It's fear of logistics. I don't know where to stay. I don't know how to get tea times. I don't know where to go. I don't know who should take me there. Well, I'll tell you who knows the answer to all those questions. TheGolfTravelGroup.com. That's why the Fairways of Life show has aligned ourselves with these experts. And is there some place you want to go, like the Open or a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup? They can take care of that as well. What is your golf bucket list? Where do you want to go? Do it with thegolftravelgroup.com. At Ben Hogan Golf, we manufacture some of the finest golf equipment in the world in our small factory in Fort Worth, Texas. That's because we build each club by hand using the same process Mr. Hogan created when he started his company 65 years ago. We call it micromanufacturing, no mass production, and no shortcuts. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to learn more about our tour-quality products and factory direct prices. It's time for you to discover Streamsong, a new kind of resort that takes the everyday ordinary to the absolutely extraordinary. Three internationally acclaimed link-style courses by golf architecture's iconic foursome of Gil Hans, Tom Dope, Bill Kaur, and Ben Crenshaw that provide a golf experience distinguished as unlike any you've ever had before with undulating fairways navigating through wild grasses and deep water ponds and lakes towering sand dunes to find the unexpected experience of playing golf at Streamsong, the ultimate legendary golf destination set apart by the unexpected streamsongresort.com yeah it was uh it was a grind today it was you know it it was a place where, I mean, I was four back, but I didn't have too many people in front of me. I just kind of kept my head down. I tried not to look at leaderboards and really just played my own game. I just tried to make as many birdies as I can if I got the ball in play off the tee. And I drove the ball probably as, as good as I ever have the first 13 holes. Um, not so great the, the last four holes, but um, we got very, very lucky and fortunate on some of those breaks to, you know, to capitalize. But, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff, I guess, that happens when you win. And, I was just glad to, you know, to stay patient and stay in the moment and, and not get ahead of myself to make sure we that uh, we got the W. Congratulations, JP. Thanks, Frank. An idea of the conversation between you and Bones when you arrived at the 16th fairway after that drive. Like, what, how did that transpire? Did you eventually that off? Uh, well, I mean, the big thing is the thing you have a lot of shots from over there. It's just kind of a matter of how far up it went. I hit it really hard, so. Unless it didn't hit a tree, I knew it was going to be pretty far up there, but it actually was a lot farther right than I thought. 
because it is pretty bare and it kind of gets rolling. But luckily, it went far enough right to where it wasn't too bad. But I couldn't tell. It was in a little bit of Bermuda, but it was really wispy to where I felt like it could have been a flyer. Um, I wanted to go. I initially felt like I couldn't keep it low enough long enough to carry it to the fairway because of the, the Bermuda and thought it might come out kind of tumbling. Um, but after taking those pine straws from behind the ball, I... I realized that it wasn't really rough. It was I could get pretty clean on the ball, and I didn't think I could go over and get it all the way up somewhere around the green, and I felt like I could hit kind of a little low burn and four iron. The main thing I had to do was carry that cross bunker. I was probably 90 yards from the green, and I hit it, hit it really, really good. It just, I mean, it looked like all leaves to me. It just kind of it found a branch in there somehow and just kind of spit it out, but I was trying to kind of get something either up in those bunkers or just, you know, just right of the green, and... Um, but we just kind of talked through it, and you know, that's he's uh, he's been in those situations before in the trees and and seen different shots, and I have as well. So uh, you know, we made the right decision. And secondly, you talked earlier this week about the challenge of getting the world number one and holding on to it next time. You'd like to hold it for a little bit longer than you did last time. Do you think you're better prepared this time around to hold it longer than you did last time? Uh, I would like to think so. I hope so. But I, I feel like I'm a better player, and I feel like I'm I'm more complete of a golfer now than I was then. Um, I, I just, man, I've been I've been working hard. I really have been. I, I I feel like I've been playing better than my results since we came back from the the quarantine. And uh, I just I know that if I keep putting myself there, I felt like I'm going to get it done eventually, and and hopefully more often than not. And you know, this is a time of year where it's obviously nice to get on a little bit of a run, but um, there's, although there's a lot of parts of my game that were really good this week and today, there were still parts that definitely need work, and, and that's what's exciting, you know, that I, I felt like I could win by three with uh, extremely poor wedge wedge play throughout the week, and, you know, I, I didn't really hit anything too close. You know, I just kind of, I was managing my game really well, and, um, you know, we just build on that and really work on it, get ready for PGA to, uh to hopefully start a little something. Hey, Justin, you, you made the comment yesterday that you felt you found something. Can you elaborate on what that was? Yeah, that was talking about my putter. I, I I just felt like I couldn't get the ball to the hole. I mean, these greens are so good, and they look so they're so true that I think they look faster than they are. I mean, they're still fast, but they look lightning. And um, as fast as they are down grain, they're pretty – they're not very fast into the grain and uphill. So I had so many putts where I was kind of falling in love with the line and they were just kind of coming off low and not as hard as I wanted to hit them. I mean, the first two, three days, if I would have had the correct speed that I intended on some putts, I mean, I would have made, you know, 10, 12 more putts. And that was frustrating because I was putting well, but I just had really, really poor speed control, um, which I did a little bit randomly from time to time today. But I just try to speed up my stroke a little bit and um, and just kind of trust my instincts. I had a hard time reading the greens the first couple of days or the first two days, and I just tried to take a look at it from behind, go underneath where the slope was, and, and really just whatever my first instinct was and what I first thought it was, just go and don't uh, don't overread it. I'd asked you about playing the week before a major championship maybe a month or so ago, and you said you felt that being in contention takes so much out of you. How do you feel about it now? <laughs> uh, I mean, it sure feels a lot better than if I would have been a second. That, that's for sure. But, um, no, I, I'm fortunate to where I'll be able to get in, 
you know, pretty late tonight, but I'll have tomorrow. And it's a course I've never seen before, so I'm going to need to map out how I'm going to take uh, these practice days. I'm going to need to get my rest, but I also need to learn the course, and I need to work on a couple of things in my game. But um, I think not having fans, it's it's you don't quite have as much adrenaline. Doesn't take as much out of you. I mean, I'm still pretty tired at the moment. I'm sure I will be later, but. Um, you know, this is why I train and, and why I try to get my body in, in the best shape possible and, and mentally as well. So going into next week, hopefully I'll uh, be feeling good. I mean, Justin, you talked to Amanda about the kind of pride of coming back today to win. What did coming back mean to you and why was that important? And what did you learn from the work day specifically? Uh, it meant a lot because it's something that I hadn't really done. I mean, I did it in, in Malaysia, um, I think in 16. Uh, I think. Yeah, I was four back going into the final round. Um, and I just I remember that day kind of being just at ease and, and just not worried about Honor Bond and not worried about other guys that were ahead of me. And I just was strictly just trying to make as many birdies as I could um, because I can't control what everybody else does, and that's what I tried to do today. I didn't look at a leaderboard uh, until I just just <laughs> stared right into one on 13T. And... Um, I just I felt like I kind of got in a zone out there, and I wasn't worried about what everybody else was doing. And that is the nice part about not having fans. You know, there were no roars. There were no anything I could think about other than me just executing every shot the best that I could. And uh, I think that's something that helped today. And, and in terms of learning from workday, I, I just didn't get ahead of myself anytime this last two, three holes, one, two, three holes, where I felt like my mind was kind of wandering and maybe thinking about winning. You know, I basically just told myself to shut up and, and figure out what you're doing because it's, uh, you know, you could, I could lose that tournament just as easily as I won it today. And uh, and I was really, really proud of myself to stay in the moment and, and get it done. And where does the break on 15 rank in your career? Uh, it ranks up there, but, um, I mean, there, there's there's plenty of things that happen over the course of a, of a long career. And, um, I mean, I got some pretty good ones at the PGA when I won, but... Uh, kind of like I said, you know, that's that's the stuff that happens when you win. Very rarely does stuff like that happen and you don't win. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad it did. I know that. Justin, how good does it feel, though, with your 13th uh, title to put yourself behind uh, names like Tiger and Jack uh, for, you know, to, to be at that number uh, so young? It's great. It's, it's the thing about age is, um, you know, it's not like you can catch up. Uh, every day you're getting farther and farther from – from kind of reaching that milestone, if that makes sense. But um, I've, I've been fortunate to, you know, to have a good career so far. But I plan on playing out here for a long time and, and have a lot of things that I still want to accomplish. And, and every milestone and stepping stone is hopefully something that I can learn from and something that will help me even more in the long run. You know, stuff that happened today, you know, I learned from past failures and past successes. So, uh, and that's something I think that both of them did so well. They put themselves in contention so many times that not only were they comfortable when they got there, but they had learned from past uh, mistakes or um, or successes, and uh, that's something that I'm getting better at. Just to go back to what you said about no fans, curious, you obviously had Colin make that putt on top of you a few weeks ago, and then today, I don't know if you had seen it, Brooks it makes that long one on 17. Um, you, I assume, had no idea that happened. What, what do you think your normal reaction would have been had you heard a big roar? Obviously, you would have known what happened behind you um, going into 18 there. Uh, well, I mean, he didn't do it before I started the hole. I, I, I saw that I had a two-shot lead 
on 18T, uh, hence the reason I hit it right of the universe. Uh, that was not going left, I promise you that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, I when I was had my second shot, or when I was looking at it, I did, I heard, because there were people over in their, in their backyards, and I heard, I mean, the roar for as many, you know, as many people as there were, relatively speaking. So I had a pretty good idea that's what it was, and I happened to be walking back getting a yardage when it happened, and I looked at the scoreboard and saw that he, he did make birdies, so... I'm like, all right, well, this just got even harder, and I, I really need to make sure I make a par here. And, uh, yeah, I, I, from where I was, I was I played that hole as, as you know, safe because that's really all I had and and, uh, and executed well, so that was nice. How important, I guess, was uh, a victory like this, particularly given, um, you know, quality of field and so forth and, and circumstances and, and so on? Yeah, it's great. I mean, any any victory is is – a huge accomplishment on the PGA Tour. I mean, it, it's not something I take lightly or um, or take for granted. I mean, I, I like I said earlier. I mean, I've been working really hard to to continue to try to get myself in a spot to win tournaments. And um, no, I mean, it's it's fun. Even even out there with no fans today, it's it's like it coming down those last three holes. I mean, it's it's fun having the juices and it's fun having a you know that the the three two three footers that I had on 16 and 17 and feeling nervous over them um you know that's something that uh that you don't feel when you're in in 20th and 30th 40th place and it's it's fun getting myself in those uh in those moments what was your thought process uh in, in selecting bones as your caddy for this stretch uh what well, happened quickly um Jimmy called me on Tuesday probably about one or two and and told me so uh, I mean, Bones was the first one that came to mind just because, I, I mean, I love my dad to death, but he, he probably wouldn't have made it four days out here in this heat. Um, it's just he, his body isn't quite in the shape for, for that. He's in, he's in good shape, but not uh, not caddy in shape. There's, there's two totally different things. And um, I knew that I'd talked to Bones before, and I knew that he would be willing to help if something ever happened, and, and obviously something had happened. And um, I didn't – I honestly was 50-50 on – thinking if it would work out this short notice. I mean, the tournament started in a day and a half, two days, and um, I was very lucky. But I just I want someone that I know and at least knows my game somewhat. I mean, Bones knows my game well enough, not only from when he caddied for Phil, but just watching me play a lot of rounds when he's commentating. And um, to where if I do ask him a question, you know, he's, uh, he's not just saying something to make me happy. He actually has input and, and feels like he knows. I feel like he knows enough about my game to where he can contribute and, and be a help. And uh, and he was. What, what's the shot? I mean, you got a great break, obviously. 50. What's the shot that you're going to most remember that you feel like keyed your victory? Uh, I mean, it didn't matter at the time, but that chip shot on 18 was pretty sick. Uh, I mean, it's being ball in hand is a huge, huge advantage there. I probably wouldn't have hit it that close, but. Um, you know, it's 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 a not a hard shot to hit inside of ten feet, but it's pretty hard to hit as close as I did. And under those circumstances, in the grain and in the nerves, um, I, I was I was pretty proud of that one. How much you know about TPC Harding Park? Uh, nothing. I, I looked at a at a at a yardage book uh, a couple nights ago. Looks like it's a pretty good amount of dogleg left, so I better figure out how to draw the ball here pretty quickly. And um, but it looks like a pretty course. But other than that, I don't know much.